Hey guys, I'm David. In this episode, Bryce, Marshall, myself, and a special guest talk about making good habits stick, going where you're treated best, food issues, and the margins of life. Here we go. This started because we wanted something that didn't exist for us. Scheduled space to speak freely about our struggles, secrets, and successes. We wanted to challenge ourselves, hold each other accountable, and help each other grow. We don't always know what we're talking about, but that's kind of the point. Instead, we believe honest, open, vulnerable conversations move us toward deep connection and meaning. We invite you to join us, listening in and creating your own conversations with your friends. Welcome to Cucumber Talks. Seems like there's so much more pressure this time. There is a lot of pressure. We have, a, we have a guest with us today, beyond our normal three of us. James, you want to introduce yourself? I'd be happy to. I uh, am James Tarala. Uh My connection here is Bryce. Uh, I, mar- I married his sister uh, just over a year ago, uh, which has lots of benefits. Um, one of them being invited to this podcast which I'd list right near the top. <laughs> We're happy to have you, James. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. I don't know if you knew that, but you are the, the first official guest on here as well. Oh, no. Well, that, it just went higher on the list. Yeah, exactly. You should know we've had a lot of people trying to get on this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're pretty picky about who we let on, so... I, I genuinely uh, do feel honored that you guys would invite me, so... Close awesome. friends and family members only. <laughs> yes. F and F exclusive. Cool. Well, I think we're going to try to keep the same basic format that we have had, except it will be four instead of three. So I'll start us off by talking a little bit about this week and what I was trying to work on. The, the thing I was working on was launching a book. And if launching a book is the only criteria for hitting that goal, which it was, then I succeeded. Yeah, If there was anything else on there, then it probably failed miserably because nothing, I don't feel like anything worked out right except for the fact that when I hit the publish button, it actually did publish in less than 72 hours. I got nervous about that for, I was like, Bryce, you said it was going to publish. How long does it actually take? So it's up. There's a novel out there called The Virus floating around and you can buy it on Amazon. Congratulations, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. Very exciting. Good stuff. Thanks. Just a few weeks ago, you were talking about whether or not to give up on it. So that's amazing. Literally a month ago, I think it was toward the beginning of October. Yeah. Is this, is this the week we get to put it in the show description? Or? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let, we, can, we can do that. I might talk about it more next week after I'm past the in the midst of it phase. But but yeah, I've got a I've got a link somewhere that I can I can link it up. Awesome. Looking forward to reading it. So my thing last week was not giving advice to people. Advice that I felt unqualified to be giving. Or not even felt unqualified to be giving, just uh I am not qualified to be giving. And last week I kind of determined that I wasn't really qualified to be giving any advice, essentially. So I'm sure I failed massively throughout the week on giving people advice. But there were a couple times where I caught myself right before I was about to give advice and 
think it was really useful. So the first time, besides like giving Marshall advice on his book, because I think I was tempted to do that a couple of times too. Nice. But, I don't think you did though. <laughs> uh, the first time was with my mom. I was at my mom's house and I was about to leave. And then she said she needed, she was about to rake the leaves and there was a ton of leaves in the backyard. So I volunteered to help her because I wanted some fresh air and I wanted to help my mom. About 10 minutes into it, I was like bubbling up inside, like, I need to tell my mom just to hire somebody to rake these leaves. Why doesn't she just hire somebody? She has money. She has a big yard. She's old. She just needs to hire somebody to rake these leaves. And I resisted doing that. I'm not an expert at owning a house. And I don't know if whatever. It just would have been annoying for, for me to step on my mom's toes like that. So I, I didn't do it. And then the second time happened yesterday. <laughs> I had suggested to my wife that we eat out because we don't have a lot of food in the refrigerator and it's Friday. And, you know, she's cooked every day this week, cooked dinner every day this week. So just give her a break. So immediately she's like, oh, yeah, let's go to this uh this restaurant that she's been wanting to go to. It's called Lee's. It's a fried chicken place. And so the first thing I do is I go on Yelp and look it up. And all of the re reviews look terrible. You know, everybody's like, oh, uh, there was a rat in the back. And I saw <laughs> texting without gloves during COVID and all this, it's like all this bad stuff. So my first reaction was like, oh, go, t go suggest a different place. She's like, no just go with it. It's, it's going to be fine. It's what's the worst that can happen. It's just dinner. Who cares? So anyway, I think <laughs> it went pretty well because I at least caught myself a couple times. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I wonder if this is going to like backfire, <laughs> like give somebody like, don't give somebody advice and then like they end up like dying or something. <laughs> you just like, you just feel this. Went straight to the extremes, feeling. David. Wow, yeah, that's, dying. That's I was gonna say, like, forgot to change their oil. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't cross the street. There's a car. Like, oh wow! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it sounds terrible. I just like tried to make something a little lighthearted, but I guess it was already lighthearted enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm still good with making observations. Mm. Oh, is that what you're calling it now? <laughs> I'm just there's kidding. Pro I'm just there's kidding. probably a fine line between observations, <laughs> observations and advice. I'd say you did pretty good, though. Congrats on that. All right. Mine, um, probably the lamest of all, <laughs> increasing my credit score. Um, so there's not a, a lot of initial feedback from, from like what I did because it takes time, but basically paying down some loans, making payments on time. Um, I didn't spend, you know, crazy amounts or anything. I don't think that would affect it, but uh, yeah, pretty short and sweet. I was on top of it this week. So yay. It's, it's definitely a long-term thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, a boring thing, but that can have actually pretty dramatic results, you know, in the long term. Pretty cool. How so, many points do you need to move up to get to your goal? Um, I think it's eight. Oh, wow. Eight That's points. definitely doable. In like um, yeah. 
trying to get to i think 740 is like the low end of of the most of like the success you know block mm. we're like once you're past 740 um it won't really affect too much having like you know the, the best options out there so It'll that's my goal you want yeah that's 740 if they just hand out <laughs> that's i'm just trying to get there seven or eight more points and i'll be good you named your interest rate 740 yeah <laughs> i mean we're you basically me in that money. now <laughs> james we we weren't holding you accountable for anything this week but yeah, so is there anything I, you were working on i wasn't sure what to uh say during this section since I, since i wasn't part of the uh discussion last week um i can at least give a small brief reflection um the last two weeks of work were incredibly busy and this kind of leads into my uh kind of topic of discussion later so i won't go too deep um but essentially creating more margin space um which didn't happen too well this week so uh talk more about that later awesome i'm i'm curious about the word margin yeah. have you read the book margin no there's no. a book called margin that's pretty good oh. when people say that word i'm like maybe they've read that book it's kind of an obscure <laughs> book <laughs> well uh shall we get into it let's do it marshall what's going on uh going on in your mind this week yeah i in, in the course of writing this book and then working on it and everything like that i dropped off a habit that i or let's say a routine that i had started i want to say it was in march or april which was about the time that i started working on all of this and it was going really well and then somewhere along the line i think it was probably june or something it just fell off the the rails but basically it's this spreadsheet which we've talked about spreadsheets and made fun of spreadsheets and here i am talking about a spreadsheet again but it's just a simple spreadsheet that keeps track of or it's a way to keep track of different habits or routines that i want to try to do each day and what i like about it is that it's not it doesn't try to get you to do everything 100% of the time in fact it, it the point is that if you're doing everything 100% of the time then you probably have some more capacity in there and you're probably not really doing a good job of of keeping things interesting so it would say if you're hitting things 100% of the time you probably want to add a couple things so that you're a little more flex uh, a little more fluid with what you're doing so anyway what I've been thinking about with it, it, one, now that the book is out and kind of finished up with that, I want to get back into doing that. Uh, but I guess what I wanted to talk about, and it kind of goes with the, the margin conversation, so I'm curious about all that as well. But I've been thinking about the word resilient and how to make routines like this that are great. Like when I'm doing them, they're great. I know my life is like better by, by doing these things, but then I'll fall off the train and then maybe a couple miss a couple times or whatever. And then pretty soon I'm not doing it. And then I'm miserable. <laughs> and it's probably a repeating pattern with other things in my life too. But talking about like how to make things resilient, meaning how do I plan so that when this fails, not if this fails, but when it fails, what's the quickest way to make sure that it comes back on, back on track? 
quickly. Because it seems to me that it's almost more important than making sure that the thing is running smoothly. It's, it's, it's almost like the ability to fail and get back on is better than, like if I were a 100%, 100 on a scale of one to 100, it would, but then I fell off the train and then was sporadic with it. It'd be better if I was just a 30 and was able to fall off and get back on immediately, like a day later or two days or whatever. So that's kind of what's been on my mind. And I know Bryce isn't giving advice. I don't know. Where's your advice stand now, Bryce? Are you, are you back to freely giving advice now, dishing it out? Anyway. No, that's something I'm trying to become resilient with. Okay. That, that's what I figured is like the point of it wasn't just to try it for a week and then, okay, now I'm going to write this advice book. <laughs> but I'd be curious for you all and if you have suggestions and things about getting back on track with routines and habits when they fall off the rails. Which, uh, which habits do you have now that I guess were hard for you to create that have become resilient? Mm. Waking up early. I'm not consistent with it like I have been in the past. And I guess waking up early is relative as well. But I've for the past, I don't know, handful of years or so, I've been what I would call an early riser pretty much consistently, but it's still not a, I'm curious about the word, but like the difference between like a habit and a routine because a habit seems like it's something that's natural and you don't think about it so much. And it kind of is that, but there's still some routine in it in the sense of, I still have to put in the work of like when I wake up in the morning, I still am sometimes, yeah, I don't think I should get up right now. But at this point, I've just kind of given up on the fact that that's ever going to go away and realize that once I get up and get moving, I love it. So get up and get moving. <laughs> I know this sounds like kind of cheesy, and I'm not sure if you like I have a, a specific technique for that. Hmm. And what I do if, if I struggle with that is I'll place my phone on the other side of the room so that when the alarm goes off, I have to get up to like shut it off. And then it's like, uh, all right, I'm already up. Right. And then, you know, I'll just chug some water. And <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried that. It just came to my mind when you talked about that. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great example of, I should do that. It's a great example of, I guess what I'm looking for and trying to build into as I sort of reconstruct this is that, those things, some of those things kind of sound corny and they sound like overkill. Sometimes you're like, no, I don't really need to do this. I'm okay. But by putting them in there, it, it does two things really. One, it's like a safety net. It's like that insurance. But then two, it kind of goes back to what I talked about a couple of weeks about, about an identity and in the sense of if I'm the type of person who does something seemingly silly, like put my phone across the room or, you know, then it, sh then to myself, it, reminds myself that, oh, this is important to me and I'm going to do kind of weird things or maybe more extreme things than I would otherwise think of in order to make sure I stay on track with it. It kind of yeah. sounds like a, a diet almost. Uh, you know, when you, if you've ever wanted to lose weight or gain weight, I'm sure we all have, or achieve some physical standard, then there's this instant um 
I guess immediately you jump to, well, I should change my diet and start working out. And usually we'll reach for something that's really difficult, like going 100% vegan overnight or going, um, I don't know. I, I think about when I've wanted to like bulk up, right? Yeah. It's like only rice, beans, and eggs for right. every meal. and Work out for two hours every balance. day. <laughs> yeah. So if it's unsustainable, I, I guess that's the, the word that comes to mind is yeah. some things we go for are kind of unsustainable. And maybe it's better to choose things that are more sustainable or that you actually right. enjoy. Right. But, you know, things that you enjoy, but also achieve whatever you're going for. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I feel like if I were categorizing some of the things you're talking about, um, it's like the self accountability aspect of it, where that safety net that you're talking about is right. You already have others helping you stay accountable in this group. It's already a huge step, but then, you know, things like, um, well, yeah, putting your phone across the room. It's like, no, this is the safety net that's going to make sure that I'm actually getting up early or whatever it is. I feel like that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do you guys think that you should do you guys think that you should do things that are it sounds really obvious. Do you think that you should do things that are uncomfortable in order to I guess what I'm wondering is is it what are the, what are the things that you're trying to do that are really hard for you to do? And are those, is it necessary to do them? Why is it necessary to do them? That's a big question. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, in general, I mean, I'm on the side of don't necessarily try to fix your weaknesses. Sometimes you have to round them out so they don't kill you. But don't necessarily try to fix your weaknesses as much as double down, triple down on strengths. And then sometimes those weaknesses become strengths in a way. Like if you're not good with people, you could go on the side of, I'm just going to try to be an introvert and try to, you know, an introvert and being good with people doesn't have anything to necessarily together, but I'm going to go try to meet a thousand people. And, you know, so you can go down that route, but maybe you're just better off writing a book like I did, (laughs) you know, or something like that that's more introverted or, so, and then that, and then that ability to hunker down and not be around other people becomes a benefit because where somebody else would have to go and hang out with people every day, you're like, I can go weeks without seeing anybody. So I tend to go on the side of, of that at the same time though, the only things that seem meaningful are things that are difficult <laughs> in some way, right? Like the, like the, the amount of, uh, satisfaction I get from being able to finish a book project is huge. But I, the, the, the struggle of writing for me is huge. It's not like I sit down and every day feel like I want to write. Some days there's that flow, but a lot of days there isn't. So there's a non-answer to your question. I think what I was at, trying to ask, I didn't do a good job of it, is are the things that you're going for aligned with what you want to do or are mm. they more random? Yeah, that, that's a good point. You yeah. know, like I think of the Jocko. based upon Jocko, your values. Yeah. Like you think of the Jocko thing, like, oh, you got to wake up at 4 a.m. if you want to be tough or if you want to be successful, you got to wake up at 4 a.m. every day and, and work out. Like, right. uh, no, probably not. 
like you could, if you're still doing what you want to do, you don't have to live a certain framework of life. That's why I think I was trying to ask like, what are the, what's that thing that you're trying to do? And is it random? Like, or is it completely aligned with what you're trying to do? Well, for, personally, for what I'm working on now, it, it really, the sort of the framework of this, what I call this lights spreadsheet, and it's called a light spreadsheet because you click the box and it changes to either red or blue or green, depending upon if you did that thing that day. And it, so it's a, like a, a more visual way to see something as opposed to a yes or a checkbox, which is also visual, I guess, too. But, but the cool part about it is that it's, it's, it's like a habit stacking tool in the sense of it doesn't depend upon the content that's in it necessarily as much as it's the thing that helps you or helps me sort of stay on track on anything that I want to do. So what, you know, give an example, I thought, Oh, well, I want to, I, I love reading. I'm going to put, I'm going to read for 10 minutes every morning or something like that. So I put that on this thing and then it helps me keep track of if I like, you know, if I, if I read each morning and you can have as many things on this list as you want. People say about 30 is like pushing it any more than that. And you're kind of, it starts to feel like paperwork because you're checking these mm. things out. But for me, after a week or so of something like that, I realized, oh, I actually don't like to read in the morning. Or maybe I would if I didn't have to do something else afterward, but my mind in the morning is very creative and um, it just puts me in a different state when I read. I don't, I don't, I don't, when I'm, when I'm reading, it, it takes me a direction that I didn't want to go. So, what I ended up doing, like I either just get more tired or I am anyway. So I, I realized, oh, I don't actually like to read in the morning. I actually like to read later in the day after I've kind of done something or gotten a little bit further in the day. So I just take that off the, off the list. And so in that way, you can swap things in and out all the time with the goal simply being to try to do the, the, the main thing about it is to try to do things that I know are good ideas for me, like things that I've tested and I know, oh, I know that my quality of life is just, it's just better when I get up and start working on something in the morning, or it doesn't have to be working on something. Just when I get up, instead of like staying in bed and just like laying in bed, <laughs> um, I know my quality of life is better when I listen to music at some point in the day. I know my quality of life is better when I go for a walk. I know my, you know, so these types of things. So it's not like I try to do every single one of them every time. It's more just sort of a container to help me move in that direction. I don't know. Does that kind of answer the, sort of like yeah, it gave me the why behind of, it? Of how, it, how the spreadsheet yeah. works. Yeah. It seems like it would be important to monitor how many things are on the spreadsheet. Because yes. if it gets, yeah. I think for me, if it was over three, I would start to get yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. So what I end up doing with it then is I start with, um, I, I start with like one thing. And so I start with one thing plus like just checking off this list and then that's it. Um, and then a week later, maybe I'll add one more thing. And the cool thing is you're trying to hit like 70 to 80% of what it is. So if you're, hitting less than that, then you know, hey, I need to either calm down on the thing. Like if I'm trying to be like, I'm going to do 50 push-ups within five minutes of waking up every morning. 
and I don't do that every, like every single day I realize, oh, I didn't do that at all, then I should probably take that off or reduce that so it's not as strenuous, let's say. Hmm. So it, 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 what I love about it is that it, it's a framework that's not super rigid because the problem with me is I'll get super rigid with things, do things every day, every day, and it's going along great, and then I fall off the train, and then I never jump back on. To Bryce's comment, you could keep a separate spreadsheet about how many things are on your spreadsheet. Yeah. Well, and I keep track of the, it's on a tab on the spreadsheet, so you can go back too. And that's the other cool thing is you get to go back and see like, okay, over the last seven months, what's, you know, this month wasn't a great month. Why? And you can go back and look at that and be like, well, I didn't journal at all that month. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I cut out the, I don't know, whatever different things on there. So we'll see. I want to try to get back into it. It's, it's also sort of a balancing tool because in a lot of projects, I, I thrive on sort of going deep on something with, and then kind of letting other things go away. That, that's kind of a, I don't know, superpower is the right word, but I, I'm good at that. Like that's a, I know that that's a strength of mine to be able to sort of focus on one thing. But then the problem is afterward, when that thing, like a book or different thing goes away, then you're like, depressed <laughs> so try not to be depressed by <laughs> by uh you know jumping back into things that i know help me help me out where can we get that spreadsheet if we want to check it out yeah it seems like a cool idea uh i can send it to you <laughs> now the uh, i don't know the link but it's it's actually from that i mentioned him maybe a week or so ago sebastian marshall mm-hmm. if you google lights spreadsheet like L-I-G-H-T-S spreadsheet. I think it'll come up. Okay. I'll find you might have it to, put you it might have to pay notes. for it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to pay for it. It's, it's literally like a Google Docs. <laughs> cool. My thing this week was I was kind of putting together a lot of the threads that we've talked about in other podcasts. And it was prompted by Marshall's racism topic last week or how to be an anti-racist. And the, you know, my first reaction when we were talking about that, as we were talking about that, was the reaction I usually have when it comes to race. It's like, this is a bigger topic that I want to deal with, and it's not all that relevant to me. So it's one of those things I'd rather just block out as much as possible. And then it was yesterday where I was kind of like, what if I took a different approach to that? And maybe there is something I could do about it and maybe it would be interesting for me or to me to do something about it or do, do something related to it because it, you know, it's unavoidable and maybe it's unavoidable in my reality right now because God or whoever is saying like, this is important, pay attention to it, do something with it. So I started asking myself how I could do something with it because I was reading the Naval book, like we've talked about. He was talking about specific knowledge. I was like, okay, this is something that I have specific (laughs) knowledge with because I'm multiracial. I've dealt with racism or I've experienced racism. I have experience with this. And then the next, I, I started to connect the dots because I've been listening to this podcast and following this blog called Nomad Capitalist for like the last few years. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's, it's this company that helps wealthy individuals move to locations, move 
move overseas and structure their companies in a way that is tax beneficial and also align with the lifestyle that they want to lead. So not just saying like, oh, move to this Caribbean island and don't pay taxes, but also like finding a place that they would like to live. So basically putting yourself in, a, in the best situation possible for, for yourself, financially mostly. But the motto, the motto of it is go where you're treated best. That's what the, hmm. the dude from Nomadic Capitalist always says, go where you're treated best. And his th- he's a, he's a, he was an American and he actually renounced his citizenship. And his theory is that if you're living in the U.S., it's, you could probably be treated better, especially if you're an entrepreneur. And he deals with seven-figure and above entrepreneurs. So he's saying if you're at that, the U.S. is not the best place for you unless you just love, love living here. So I kind of applied that to being Black in the U.S. And I thought about my own experiences, you know, from a pretty early age, like almost as soon as I left college or probably before I graduated, I was just like, I got to get out of here. This is, there's got to be something better than this. And there was, you know, on the other side, living abroad was so much better than living in the U.S. You know, for once I didn't feel like I was an outsider. And that's kind of weird because when you're living abroad, you feel like an outsider, but, and Marshall, you had talked about labels before. And when I was abroad, I finally got to just be under that label of foreigner or under that label of American. Whereas when I'm living in the USA, it's like being a minority, you never really know, especially being biracial, multiracial, it's really confusing. So it was amazing just to live somewhere and especially be in countries where I look like the people. I, I look like the locals and I can just blend in for once or be the majority for once or be in expat circles where we're all foreigners here. It doesn't really matter too much what you look like or what your race is. We're all foreigners and we're all having that same experience. All that to say, I'm way happier when I'm abroad and I'm super excited to be moving abroad again soon, as soon as my wife gets her citizenship. And I think I can help other people do what I'm doing who are in a situation in the USA mm. where maybe they're a minority, they're black, whatever, or they just don't fit in with the culture in the US. I think I have the skill set now where I can guide them. Like we've talked about, what are you good enough? to teach people how to do. I think I'm good enough to teach people how to uh, find a job teaching English or teach English online so that they could potentially earn enough money where they could move somewhere, where move to a country that'll treat them well. They don't have to worry about police killing them or anything like that, where they could live somewhere and have a good quality of life while earning money. And I think I have that skill set now. So maybe I am being called in, into this. It's weird that I'm using all this religious terminology. It's like, I feel like I'm being called and maybe that is why I'm here to help other people do something, do that stuff that I've done where you can, it is possible if you don't like living in the US, it is possible to, to get out 
even if you think that it's really scary and it would be easier to stay here and you don't have enough money to move abroad, like there's always options. And I think I've proved that. And I think I can help other people do that. So thank you for listening to all that. But that's just what's going through my head right now. It's not really a question or anything. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. I think you'd do very well in that way. And uh, I feel like it fits your, uh, it fits your personality. And I think you love, you know, helping people out. So it's just like the perfect, it's like the perfect mix of everything. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what to do with it, but that's the idea that I had yesterday. <laughs> so we'll see if it's one of those ideas that after a week you're not so in love with it, but it feels, it feels good right now. Yeah, it's something you could, you know, if you, if you start with it being like, all right, I'm going to turn, I'm going to devote my life to this mission now. <laughs> You know, I don't know, that might be a little extreme unless, I mean, if you're feeling, if that's, if that's where you're at, then it's probably a good idea to go for it. But it could just be like a facet of your life too, mm-hmm. you know? I think that's what I'm, kind of, for me personally, I, I'm seeing more and more. It's like, it's really hard to pick or find that one thing that's like the one thing. But even with people that you see that are doing one thing, it didn't necessarily start out that way. Like it may have just been a side hobby and they actually do four different things or. Um, exactly. It's anyway. like your spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I do have the tendency to go all in on ideas when I have them instead of um, yeah, thinking them over a little bit and actually testing out. So all that to say, I'm not uh, devoting my <laughs> life to this tomorrow. <laughs> I'm intrigued. What would be the first steps to make it realized? I know what the first step is. For it's real? like talking about it with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just talking about it. And... That makes it real. You know what I mean? Yes. If, if you had just thought about it and then two days later it goes away, but now it's in a podcast that's going to have a form somewhere out there on the internet. Are you going to go back to it a year from now? I don't know. But it slightly leans into it. Actionable steps besides talking about it, I think I'd like to start connecting with some of these let's call them influencers that I've noticed. Like we've, um, we've been looking seriously at Mexico as somewhere to live at least like a few months out of the year because we want to live in three to four countries throughout the year. So we want Mexico. We're going to test out Mexico. We've never been, but it looks pretty awesome. And I've noticed that a lot of the YouTube travel bloggers in Mexico are black. And there hmm. seems to be this theme amongst them, like, oh, you guys got to get over here to Mexico. We are living the dream down here. The cost of living is amazing. And one of the girls is from Atlanta. And she, she was just talking about it. She's like, I don't have to worry about getting pulled over by the police. When I was living in Atlanta, I got pulled over constantly for no reason. And in Mexico, I don't have to deal with any of that. I'm just living my life here. Nobody's bothering me. The cost of living is great. There's lots of nice people. The food is great. You can, it's a good place to start out when you're working remotely. So mm. I think I'd like to start connecting, even if it's just leaving YouTube comments on their videos or something like that, but just start kind of connecting with the community and also getting familiar with the community. I, uh, there's a, 
I found a podcast yesterday called Black, The Black Expat, I think. And it's this guy living in Taiwan and he's just talking about the black experience while living in Taiwan and interviewing other people who are having a similar experience. So, yeah, James, maybe uh, actionable steps would be getting involved in the community. Do you guys have it? Do you, do you have any other suggestions? I mean, that's kind of where I was going with it with, with talking about it. You know, I think, I think that's a way better direction than trying to be like, well, how can I make a, you know, a blog about this? And because there's certain topics that that lends themselves to mm-hmm. or lends itself to like, uh, you know, but I mean, you even did some w- with the ankle brace and things like that, where it's very specific to a product. It's like, oh, well, it makes sense to do an affiliate blog about this. But with something like that, it seems like the better way to go is before you go into, you know, SEO mode, just to actually talk to people face to face. I mean, I, I'm, I, it goes back to my book that like the biggest way that, you know, there's the whole like, oh, I'm going to do this email launch and, you know, comments and reviews and blah, blah, blah. But the best way to get somebody interested in a book and the way that I actually enjoy it the most is just to talk to people about it. Like, hey, do you like writing or do you like reading? You know, what books do you like to read and talk about it? Like actually in person, like the old way that people did stuff. So, you know, when you're saying like reaching out to influencers and stuff, I would, even the people who seem like they're these big, you know, big name people, I'm sure you could be like, hey, uh, you know, your stuff has helped me out in this way. Would you have a couple of minutes to, for a Skype call? You know, you might ask 10 people and only one of them says yes, but that's going to be a way cooler way to start, I think, than go in the SEO route. And Right, right. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if that was in your mm-hmm. mind of doing that, but there's the like, let me build a business mind for me. Mm-hmm. And there's the social mind. And I think going down the social, don't think of it like a business mind is the better way to go to start with. And then you can find out if you really like it, mm-hmm. if it's really naturally going to be something that you talk about in two weeks or three weeks or two years. Nice. Appreciate that. Yeah. It almost sounds, it almost sounds too good to be true. So I'm just thinking like, I guess through, through talking to people, finding out like if there's something that is missing, cause I'm just like, man, that sounds so good. Like just go right now and, and do that. Cause I mean, it sounds like heaven. <laughs> it's like my mind is just like, what what you know what is uh is there an is there is there something that i'm missing from experience you know from from reading about this or watching people talk mm-hmm. about it not to be a uh you know skeptic or to like put any negativity into it you mean like identifying the problems that other people are facing within this community yeah like cuz you're saying people are are like a hundred percent on the up like this is perfect this is great oh i see what you mean okay there was nothing i heard that that was like um you know Mm. a potential downside so i'd just be curious myself and i guess you can learn about that through what marshall was saying talking to people reaching out to them and like you said getting into the comments, but cool. I mean, I'm pretty pumped for you. All right. Um, yeah, my thing is uh, food habits. So 
I wasn't really sure what to talk about, but I feel like food's a a pretty important part of all of our lives. And I guess I wanted not advice or feedback or anything, um, but feel free to share. I just wanted to kind of put out my uh, my food journey. So <laughs> as some of you guys know, I don't eat breakfast and I don't really, I don't know if you would call it lunch either. I'll, my first meal of the day is anywhere between three and five o'clock in the late afternoon, early evening. And I'd say there's some positives and negatives to that. Positives probably being, I don't really think about food in the morning and early afternoon. I'm able to focus on work and getting things done. Um, So it seems great, but I feel like the um, negative about that might be when I do eat, it's not always the best thing or it might, it, it feels like to me too much of, of one thing. There's like, there's not enough uh, diversity in my, in my food choices. And I don't even know if that matters or not, but for example, I'll eat uh, just like a, a pound or so of, of like beef or steak and maybe a little bit of cheese, but like that's, that's all I'll eat. Like that's my, that's my meal. And I don't really snack too much. So I just wanted to, I guess, get, get some thoughts about that, what you guys think. And I don't know, does it sound crazy? Do I need to, do I need to switch it up? Cause I feel like I feel fine. I honestly feel great, but I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned if, if this sounds like an insane thing to do. <laughs> how, how many days a week would you eat that same exact meal? Mm. Or maybe a month if you eat, you know, a week straight of the same meal and then change a different meal. I mean, it's, it's mostly meat based. So like I might do a crock pot, like a big crock pot of like, you know, five or so pounds of meat or whatever. And then, um, I'll just divvy it up and eat a little bit of that each day. So I would say that same meal, I probably have, you know, 24 out of 30 days (laughs) or, or something. I don't really do vegetables or fruits. Um, so the 24 out of 30, that leaves, you know, six days. And in those days, I do tend to just kind of eat, like I'll, I'll give myself, you know, a day to just like eat crap pretty much. So I guess that's my, my bit of diversity. <laughs> Pizza pockets or something. Yeah, I just... Can- Uber something, Uber Eats, or <laughs> yeah. James, you've got to weigh in on this one because you're basically <laughs> the exact opposite. I'd be intrigued to hear your his- history of eating patterns, um, like just your life, because I was intrigued to hear you say that you felt great, but I'm 
um, kind of intrigued to hear what you're comparing that to. Mm, yeah. So I think my, my big thing prior to doing all of this was definitely overeating. Like I would just, I would constantly eat, you know, throughout the day and it would just be, you know, carb after carb, a lot like heavy carbs, breads. And I did notice when I ate stuff like that, often I would feel very sleepy throughout the day, very lethargic, very uninterested in wanting to do anything, you know? So I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but that was kind yeah. of my thing to push me to mostly uh, meet. I was going to say, is there anybody who has not experienced the carb overload <laughs> and the tired and the lethargic? I, I just think of uh, the office episode where they're running <laughs> 5K and Michael Scott downs all of that pasta right before he runs. <laughs> The fettuccine Alfredo. Not that that was my picture of what you did all the time, David, but that, <laughs> sorry, when you said sleeping and carb overload, that's my initial thought. For some context, James, what, what is your food pattern? Bryce, like I said, you're the opposite. And then we didn't hear what it was. I like, I got to know now. Um, so Shara and I, so Bryce's sister and I, um, since the beginning of 2020 had been entirely plant-based okay. um, and prior to that I would say my eating habits were different than yours David but at least the um, I, I probably had oh I know I had too much um, meat and dairy in it um, and the amount of so yeah I guess I talked a little bit about this to Marshall and Bryce before um, recording or no, maybe no, it was David and Bryce. Um, <laughs> essentially my eating habits changed, um, my freshman year of college because I was six, six, 180 pounds and a college basketball player. You don't survive unless, you, <laughs> unless you, <laughs> in the words of many older male adults, put some meat on your bones. Uh, <laughs> so, um, then it became the purpose of my eating and the goal of my eating was to put on as much healthy muscle as possible and for my body to essentially have the most efficient output athletically as possible, um, which meant a lot of complex carbohydrates, which was just a lot of whole wheat things. Um, and then, uh, some meats, preferably leaner protein. Um, and the, that, that was my biggest issue at the time was lack of fruit and vegetables. I'll, I'll try to fast forward. Then, so now, um, being entirely plant-based, it looks like, you know, um, two pieces of peanut butter toast with some honey on it in the morning. Um, lunch. It uh, can be a variety of things, whether it be leftovers from the night before or like making some sort of tofu sandwich or something like that, which actually tastes really delicious if you season it really well. Um, and in between, um, I, I essentially eat every two to three hours. 
So, you know, apple with peanut butter, um, some almonds slash trail mix. Um, and then dinner, Shara probably makes about 65 to 70% of dinners. And then I make the other quarter. Or so um, it's a lot of, if we eat out, we get like, so we eat plant-based at home, but then when we eat out, it's like, okay. um, so yeah, I guess my pattern is just eating more consistently throughout the day, mm-hmm. um, but lots of vegetables, um, healthy proteins. And then I say complex carbs, which I don't know if I have the best definition for, but I just think of whole wheats. Yeah, I was curious if it was on the actual foods that you're eating and on the times. And it sounds like it is. So that's, yeah, that's pretty interesting. David's got like the carnivore intermittent fasting going on. You think you have a, like a fear of going back to the overeating? Um, I wouldn't know. I don't feel like I'm afraid of it, but I think now I'm, I've almost trained myself by, you know, eating so late that I just don't feel I mean, maybe like, you know, because when I was younger, I would always eat three times a day. I wouldn't eat when I was actually hungry. And I I rarely actually felt hungry, you know. So I think trying to be a little more intentional about eating when I actually feel hungry. And that just happens to be, you know, halfway through the day. And probably my own doing by training myself that way. So, does it feel like something that's enjoyable and sustainable? Yeah, it's definitely enjoyable. I guess I'm just not sure how sustainable it is or would be because I've really only done it for, you know, a couple months, which I, I don't imagine is long enough to, to find out if, you know, who knows what this is going to do to me in the future, you know, but I feel, I feel okay. So. Yeah. The whole, the whole sort of carnivore or meat based diet is really interesting because all the markers that you would check, you know, blood work or, I mean, really that's what I'm thinking about is blood work. Cause the other ones are, you know, body fat or energy levels, things like that. Typically I think from what I have heard about it, is that the, you know, how you feel like, and, and maybe body fat and energy levels and stuff like that. It, it seems good. Like you're saying, you're like, I feel great, you know? Um, but then when you go to like check your blood work or something like that, then that seems all out of whack compared to other people. But then the argument against that is, well, of course it is because you're eating different stuff. And so maybe you don't even need your blood work to look the same as somebody who's eating different stuff. It's a really interesting concept because, yeah, I don't think there's enough, there's certainly not enough, like, you know, peer-reviewed research out there about about it. So, you know, we're kind of just out there wading into the water and thinking, well, is this, is it going to work? Like, you know, because what I hear you saying is, right, it's like, I feel great now, I probably work for a year or so, but like, if you did this for 30 years, mm-hmm or the rest of your life, let's say, is it going to mean that you die in 10 years because, oh, I'm not getting, you know, I don't know, some obscure vitamin that's only found in whatever plant that you no longer eat. 
but I read I read you know. a it was from Duvall's book. Everything's from Duvall's book, by the way. Um, he had this interesting. I don't know if it was his quote or a quote from somebody else. But it basically said, "Old questions have old mm-hmm. answers, or old old problems have old solutions." Right. Right. So a question like, "What diet should I have?" is an old question. So there's probably an old solution. So don't look to contemporary uh, answers for old questions. Mm. So look to like books that are 2000 years old and stuff like that. Right. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if it's trendy and fashionable, then doubt it. But if it's been around for a long time, that probably has some, some wisdom to it. If it's stuck around this long. Yeah. It's super weird though. Cause like, I'm like, I'm like you, David, I'm kind of the intermittent fasting person. I'm not so much on the meat side. Uh, I mean, I eat meat, but, but as far as the times when I eat, but yeah, it's weird. Cause like, it, it's like how, when do you pick the marker in history when what's normal, you know, like, did we always eat three meals a day? Did we always eat five meals a day? Did we usually eat every two days? Like, I don't know. So then you go back to what you're saying, David, like, well, it feels good. Like, I know I feel better when I don't eat in the morning. Like, I like feeling hungry mm. or or not feeling hungry, but I like not. Yeah, like that morning time where I don't have food, like my mind is super sharp. Yeah. And then it sort of, yeah, it, it changes how you, anyway, yeah. I wonder if there's any, you know, it's because I'm, I'm all about philosophy, but I wonder if there are diet books from like 2000 years ago, 2000 years. <laughs> you know, cause we do a lot of, there's a lot of research about like whatever the paleolithic period, or, you know, whatever the, but what if you had, like, I wonder if there's like a diet book that would be interesting from, it's so weird though. Cause they didn't have the science to back it up. So then they're just like saying stuff that seems good, but then it goes back to like, well, it feels good, <laughs> mm. but you only live to be 40 years old. Cause you know, everybody died at 40 then. So it was good to make it that long. You know, yeah. Like, well, I don't know. That's only like, you know, a couple more years <laughs> for me. The old solution is to die when you're 30. <laughs> <laughs> Live it up. I do like that quote though, Bryce. I'm going to save that. Mm-hmm. It oh, goes yeah. along with last Paraphrase. week's quote. It goes along with last week's quote about complexity. And, you know, to paraphrase, that was something like, don't search for complex problems because you'll spend your whole life trying to find complex complexity instead search for simple solutions and then go take action on it. So, uh, my topic, um, I think it's, it's interesting that, um, so many of the things that we've talked about, talked about patterns and habits, um, not to be over, uh, mathematician here. Uh, I guess David and Marshall, I don't know if you guys know, I, uh, was a math teacher for a while. Uh, and I just, just keep doing things with math. It's, it's <laughs> looks like, looks like the trajectory of my life. Um, <laughs> and, uh, patterns are really, really big in math. Um, you just have to notice patterns in numbers, patterns in data, patterns, in all sorts of things. Um, but then there's also like this, there's like this parallel that habits are kind of like embodied patterns. Um, it's things that we do. It's like this rhythm that you get into. 
Um, so if I showed a list of numbers, that was like two, four, six, eight. And then the next one that was listed was like nine. You'd be like, God, no, that's supposed to be 10. What? Why is that there? <laughs> Same way, like the rhythms that we actually live out and experience. Um, so yeah, it's that falling off the train that Marshall talked about. It's like, mm, no, I had this healthy sense of a rhythm going. And uh, so I guess the thing that I um, am interested in talking about is the habits and rhythms in the small moments um, in life, or I use the term margins. Um, margins being like, I think of a paper uh, and you have a lot of content in the middle area, but then there's margins on the top and on the bottom and on the sides. Um, and so how you are spending your time in the margin and in the small moments reflects a lot about who you are and what kind of, I, I use the language of like, what kind of story you find yourself in. Uh, so like, why am I spending these moments these ways? Well, what is my purpose amidst the small moments and margins of my life? Um, what makes them meaningful? Or how can they be made more meaningful? Things like that. That's really interesting. Do you mean downtime? Yes and no. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good first question. <laughs> um, so I think about, I can give some examples to actually make it less abstract. Um, so after working in the morning, this is probably the best example, although I can give some earlier in the day too. After working in the morning, while making myself lunch, finish making lunch, and while I sit down to eat it, I sit down on the couch and almost always turn on the TV to watch a short something, um, whether that be, well, I'm a sucker for all things English. So uh, currently watching a <laughs> segments of a documentary on the House of Windsor, uh, which is really fascinating. <laughs> But uh, it's it's not always uh, it's not always something like that. It could just be you know um, episode of a show, um, anything like that. Uh, because I'm looking for some sort of release um, from the stresses and um, burdens that can build up at work. But I recognize that then, um, like that kind of reforms me and reshapes me in ways that I don't necessarily want that to be all the time. Um, I don't want to just be stimulated by a screen during my spare moments, um, in the small moments, just because that's where I find hope. Yeah, it's it's super easy. I know for me, like I just fall to the lowest common denominator of. And I didn't mean that as a math comment as, as, I'm, as I'm saying it. Like, oh, no. No, but uh, whatever the easiest thing is, like if I don't have something in place to be that thing in the middle of, you know, sitting down for lunch or that sort of space where there's a little bit of time, 15 minutes till I need to do this, what am I going to do? So the easiest thing is, well, I've got my phone in my pocket. So that's why we're all on our phones mm -hmm. or 
oh, I can listen to this podcast while I'm doing this other thing. And yeah, it's a, it's a challenge to try to figure out how to navigate that so that the things that you do in the, like you said, kind of in that margin, that in the spare, smaller things that, you know, how to, how to make sure that those are things that you would purposely do, even if you're not purposely doing them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. If you're choosing things that you're not necessarily proud of or excited about, do you think that, honestly, I'm, I'm not, this isn't like a leading question. Uh, do you think it's a negative reflection on your current life? Like the, the stuff that you're doing for most of the time throughout the day? your choices for what you do in the margins, is that, is that like a sign that says maybe you should be doing something differently? Again, yeah, no, not, no, no, no. not, not I, leading. I, I, yeah, I get that you're not trying to trick me. I'm, I'm, not, trying to ju- I'm not trying to judge you. Join my company, join Move Abroad. You said yes, and you shouldn't have said that. Ha uh, so, so yes and no, right? Because there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with any of those things. Um, what I see it though, and this is, um, I, I think this goes back to part of Rice's comments on Marshall's topic, um, is that if you're doing something that you want to do, then you're in the clear, you're good to go. But then I question, well, what about my wants? What about my desires? Um, are they actually um, in line with things? Because the more I, the more I eat my lunch and watching in front of a screen, the more I'm going to have an appetite to do that. It's just going. So when I stop doing that, it's going to feel uncomfortable. Um, so like the measuring stick for me is again. I, I realize I'm repeating a little bit of language um but is how it's how those moments form me kind of and inform my imagination too um so ideally i think i'd spend some of those smaller moments in a reflection and then be prayer as a christian um and i guess uh that to me would be like reflecting on my day identifying um, how the day is going rather than again, just stimulating, (laughs) stimulating my senses with something that's on a screen before I have to go right back to work. Um, and then prayer, uh, which is obviously a whole nother topic that we don't (laughs) get into, but, um, rather, rather than going to the screen, um, which then will make me want to go back to the screen more. Um, yeah, similar to what you said, Marshall, with like looking at a phone. Does that answer yeah. your question? Yeah, and it made me more uh, interested in the story aspect. Like you mm-hmm. said, you're kind of telling yourself, how did you phrase it? Like you're telling yourself a story? Uh, yeah, I, I use, About I like to use, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to use story or storied as a verb. So you're being restoried. Um, so <laughs> this is, uh, it's in those smaller moments, um, it's reflecting upon what story you find yourself in. Um, so again, when not just at lunch, 
obviously that's the example that I've been using over and over. Um, but then, you know, when work is done and Sharon and I both have free time, um, and the draw is to turn on the TV to watch an episode or part of a movie, um, before going to bed, um, it's like, that's a reflection on where I find meaning and hope. Again, I'm going to use the word hope, which can sound kind of abstract, but reprieve peace um, in light of the day as a whole, um, which to me as a Christian says, oh, wait, no, that's not, that's not actually where I find hope and reprieve. Um, it's in a uh, talking with God, but then also recognizing that humans are the best aspect of life. It's like, I haven't spent time looking at Shara in the face at all. <laughs> it's like, and I recognize it's harder during COVID um, because as we produce this show, it's like all four of us are looking at a screen so that we can look each other in the face. <laughs> um yeah I, does, does that kind of answer that yeah it's it's kind of trippy in a way but it, it it makes me go back to my original question it seems like you're framing your life in kind of a negative's not the right word mm. but like i don't know i i think it'd be hard to go about life go go through life thinking like i'm not saying this is what you're doing it just kind of sounds like it it's like life is really hard and I need these gaps to kind of collect myself and get ready for the next battle. Mm. You know, like life's this battle and cause reprieve makes me think of like you, you need to uh, recover, recover from the battle. Yeah. It's <laughs> my language is probably unhelpfully describing my work which I don't mean, mean it to be like, ah, let's talk about mathematics. And then I do mathematics all the day and it's awful. Uh, no, I think of it more as, yeah, which is, uh, I think is a really helpful clarifying question, right? Um, reprieve, um, it, like that type of language is implying that then the rest of the day is like, <laughs> in, in this extreme negative that needs a relief from um yeah and i don't i don't think about it that way because there's lots of aspects of my work that i enjoy tremendously um i guess i think of the things that build up so whether it be the stress that's incurred by spending most of my day on zoom or um looking at a screen sitting in one place, not interacting with people face-to-face, uh, -face. Um, the normal stresses that occur at work, um, which aren't bad things inherently, um, the normal strains on relationships that come up um, with friends or not being able to see friends and that those kind of things, which maybe a lot of that comes back to um, the COVID pandemic lifestyle that we're living. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's, I think that was a helpful comment, Bryce, is that it's, it's 
I shouldn't be framing it just in rep the terms of reprieve or as if everything else is a negative. Um, it's more like, I guess, when everything's not so heightened um, or not like at full capacity. Um, where, where do I go in the lower capacity moments? Um, if that's a better way to frame it. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like too, like, it's like you're, and maybe this is me projecting because I want this for me, but it sounds like it's like you want those little things to also be consistent with your values or lead you to long term uh, good, let's say, or, or, you know, it, instead of, <clears throat> instead of separating out, right. So instead of having, okay, I'm going to work on this at work and it's for a very delineated reason and so forth. And then you have this time in between, maybe it's like, it's like, you don't want to waste that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it seems like that's what you're, it, what you're saying. And it's an interesting question because then it's like, well, is the, is the recovery time a waste? You know, like you're lifting weights, you have to have a time between, but it's like, what do you do with that? So that it's not just recovery for the next thing, but maybe there's something you can actually do that's sort yeah, of there's something helpful meaningful, meaningful in those exactly. recovery yeah. moments. That's yeah. a really helpful analogy, I think. Um, not that it all has to be framed in uh, <laughs> exercise, <laughs> or, but I, I think that's right, right? Is, um, is that these rest moments in between uh, mm. or uh, down moments in between or low capacity or whatever other language we use to describe it, is that what makes them meaningful? Um, and yeah, I, I would say checking them in line with values and beliefs because otherwise, well, otherwise my values and beliefs wouldn't make, like it wouldn't line up, right? Because if I, genuinely believe that x is true then it's not just intellectually assenting to it um it's like oh how does that actually influence this part of my life um and i guess right now mostly because the amount of work that i'm doing is significantly more than usual um so i picked up an extra job teaching a <laughs> homeschool pod, uh, teaching, teaching some fifth and sixth grader math, which is like an extra nine or 10 hours a week. Um, and then that's with the normal coursework that I have. And then graduate assistant, research assistant type of responsibilities. So it comes out to, you know, 60 some hours a week, which is essentially just like six days a week of, um, 10, 10 hours each and then I make sure to leave one 24 hour period. That's just, no, I'm not touching anything from work, but all of that then just makes those small moments, the margins all the more valuable, right. Or all the more like amplified. Cause it's like, I think the things that I'm doing for work are good and important. If I had it my way, I would like knock down the hours by 10 or 15 or so. Um, but that's just not, it's just not avail like an available option right now, which is fine. I understand that's just like for a season of life. Um, but then in, in this season, the smaller moments just mean more. 
What would you like to be doing in those moments? You said prayer and um, prayer and reflection. Prayer and I, reflection. I find uh, myself prayer is pretty meaningless unless I've actually reflected on what's mm -hmm. going on in my life. Um, I don't want to just be making noise words uh, and like somehow throwing them up to God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like it to be like, hmm, what's been going on in my day? Um, how am I feeling today? I think back to Bryce's um, comments from, I listened to obviously part of last week's podcast before becoming a guest this week. Um, it's like, how am I feeling? How have I been feeling today? How have interactions with Shara? Um, how, how did those types of things, how have those gone? How have interactions gone at work? Um, how have my own actions influenced my state of being right now? Um, making note of those types of things. I think it also might help, be helpful to think in turn, because Bryce, you said, what would you like to be doing? The other thing too is you don't actually have to do things that are different if you just reframe them and it might be the case that you actually want to do something different but it can also be the case that going back to the working out analogy just realizing that oh just sitting here on this bench for 90 seconds is fine and it's actually helping the next thing you know yeah yeah absolutely which is actually so i have the biggest problem with that part <laughs> you know no so that's that's huge i think the Personally, biggest thing obviously i brought up screens a lot um is that it seems like to be deforming um, just because like not interacting with a person. Um, and so if most of my day is spent looking at a screen and then most of my small moments and margins are spent looking at a screen, it's just like, oh, this feels very unhuman. Um, like I, I need to touch somebody or something. Like it's just, it might sound weird, but it's just like, I need more than this. Um, and so that's where it's like, oh, maybe it would be better just to even, like you said, sit for 90 seconds. What if I just ate my lunch? Yeah. Just sat there. David was talking about last week or week before too. Yeah. Yeah. Probably be, it, and, and again, this is where I'm like not condemning. What? Assuredly at some point this week, I will turn back on that Windsor documentary <laughs> and be all in on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, oh no, that's not the only thing I want to be like retraining and molding me. Um, I think there are other things to aware of. Mm. Yeah, that ties very well into the thing that I wanted to work on this week. I wrote I wrote down that I wanted to give myself some like relaxation time to enjoy some time wasting activity like a video game or a TV sh a movie or something like that. I was listening to the Kanye West episode, or I listened to the <laughs> Kanye West episode on Joe Rogan. And the guy's like listing off all these movies. Like, how does he have the time to watch movies? He's it's like, all of these movies, it's like, maybe there's something there, Kanye. Maybe, maybe I just need to sit down and watch a good old movie every now and then. But I don't know. After hearing you talk about it, James, maybe I need to be be better about my my margins. Although I think my margins are probably a lot larger than yours. <laughs> well, that's where I don't want to be condemning of other things. Sharon and I just recently rewatched Lord of the Rings, 
uh, all three of them, which I like to do about every 18 to 24 months. <laughs> but it's also, sorry, I realized this is a wrap up mode, but one last, one last comment on this. It's like, what's this is me talking about fictional characters. So take this with a grain of salt. What story did Sam and Frodo find themselves in to actually lead them to do the things that they did or Boromir or like Aragorn, they, they like each find themselves in intersecting stories, yet also slightly different stories and it prompts them to do different things with the ring. Oh man, this will, I'll, I'll just stop there. Otherwise it'll go way too, it'll go off the rails. So all that said is those were extremely, I think helpful for me because it's like those things were very filled feeling like um, I left I left watching those refreshed but exactly that's what I want like to leave the the activity feeling refreshed how about you guys what are you guys working on well mine goes back to my my spreadsheet I'm, I'm just going to try to start it back up this week and I am going to start it back up and i think i'm going to i mentioned my instagram account that i was posting on secretly nobody paying attention on purpose and i think i'm going to post the spreadsheet on there also it's like another layer of accountability or not accountability but i mean well it is yeah it's, it's accountability it's not necessarily with other people let's say but it's just for me but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to try to get back into and hopefully set it up in a way so that it doesn't fall off the rails. Um, and one of the ways that I think I'm going to do that is by putting it on my iPad. It's a really tactical thing for me is putting it on my iPad, like simply opening up my laptop at the end of the day and having to like open up the thing. There's like that friction there that I sometimes am like, ah, I'm too lazy to do that. I'll just get it in the morning. And then the next morning, same thing happens. So my iPad is super easy because it's like, dick, dick, there it is. So that's what I do. Good. Cool. I, uh, I will just... A, a good idea to do it with the iPad and the... Yeah, no, that makes a spreadsheet. <laughs> and I totally empathize with the just opening the laptop. It seems like a uh, deterrence from doing right well and it seems silly to have to do that like i have a better mental image of myself like i'm not i'm fine i'll just open up the laptop but the reality is it's a little bit of friction that could cause a problem once out of a hundred times once out of ten times i don't know what the you know so it's just like don't do that like do that make it easy like that i guess that's what it is it's like try to make it easy to succeed (laughs) yeah david's having some technical issues so he won't be with us the rest of the the last <laughs> recording. I, I can just say, James, go ahead. Mine will just be spending my small moments intentionally uh, rather than falling into uh, a rhythm that then, after a couple of weeks of reflection, you're like, hmm, I don't know if I like the way that that formed me over the last few weeks. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. I'm proud to call you my brother-in-law. Well, those are very kind words. Thank you. <laughs> and you're welcome Thanks back on me. anytime. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to track you down on, are you on Facebook or what's the best way to, 
I mean, I guess you could get like your phone number. Or, like, yeah, James, here's your time to, to uh, give us, give the world your socials. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any, is, anything you want to promote, go ahead and do it now. Uh, Marshall, you may, <laughs> this is, these are previous steps I've taken for self accountability. I do not have any social media. Uh, <laughs> I have a LinkedIn, which I guess you could, <laughs> you could look at, but there's nothing interesting on it. Um, <laughs> I can give you guys my phone number. Uh, recent thing that Sharon and I have both done is turned off notifications for messages uh, and emails. So our phones don't buzz unless we get a phone call which also is nice because one of the things that we were noticing was regularly just whenever our phone buzzed, picking it up, how disconnected that made us from each other and people around us. So that was, I, gotta, I can give you some of that info, but it's, <laughs> I got to do another Sam Evans plug. He, uh, he says this thing, he says, anytime somebody gives you their business card and the phone number is on it, that means they're poor. And if their phone number is in their email signature, that means they're poor because they're just giving away their time. Mm. Interesting. That should be the quote of the week right there. Well, my, my version is the opposite of that. I give my phone number out to everybody. Like it's online. It, you know, you can find it really easily. I just never answer my phone. <laughs> like I'm, so, I'm notoriously difficult to get hold of. <laughs> David, are you live with us? Yeah. Can you hear me? We can. What are you working on this week, David? Oh, uh, my thing is just to read more, like actual books. I do a lot of article reading stuff in front of a computer. So, yeah, I got a couple of physical books I want to pick up and start reading through. I've got a non-physical book for when you get back to the <laughs> non-physical world. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean to slam your books. <laughs> no, I didn't take it as a slam. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta gotta mail David a, a hard copy. I don't I don't have any hard copies. That's it. Like print out the galleys. Make it an audio book. I I, I do want to work on that, but that's a that's another project. Mm. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll stop it there. Who's got our quote? Is oh, our quote? Oh yeah, I forgot about the quote of the week. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You you kind of left. You you kind of ended with a quote. I kind of like just leave it with that. What 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 did you say? Say it again. Do you remember what you said? <laughs> About the being poor if your phone number is on the business card? Yeah, leave it with that. Oh, that's, I feel like that one's kind of harsh. Let's end on that. Ah. <laughs> I know I need to go check my email signature. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, All right, well, I got the what quote. was the quote of the week, just in case we wanted? I, I got the quote of the week. All right, go ahead. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. It's Margaret Mead. Here, here. Here, here. Here's to our small group changing the world. Hey, guys. David here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. If you have a question or comment for us, give us a call at 502-632-3179. That's 502 632 3179. See you next week.